You guys ready to die? <laughs> well, isn't there like a is isn't there like a death by cheese? No, death by chocolate. Isn't that a thing? That's oh, uh, P.F. Chang's. P.F. No, that's the Great Wall of Chocolate. Yeah. Which one's death by chocolate? I don't remember. It's a cake, but it's definitely a where? cake. Is it Claim Jumper? Oh, I think it is. Yeah. I, never, I ain't never been to Clam Jumper. No. Also, always thought it was Clam Jumper. <laughs> never heard of it in my life. Uh, we got I, some forks right here. just makes it. Oh, uh, we'll need... Oh, I wouldn't need one. Anyway. Sorry. No, 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 it's fine. Here you go. I got real forks for us. Is... Like goddamn adults. I have some Italian ice if you would like that. Oh, I'm okay. Okay. Thank you so much. That's <laughs> actually, having a big uh, ass chocolate well, cake. This is dairy free. What's that brand? Oh, so, Soy Delicious, right? So Delicious. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good one. So Delicious. They make a banana sponsor that's vegan. Ooh. It's so good. Oh, this has been recording this whole time. Well, whatever. Yeah, I just use whatever. But you meet me in the middle. But you meet me north of Buffalo. Escaping till the Hello and welcome to the Edge of Punks podcast. This is your host Craig Vitamin. Very excited for this week's episode with Dylan Slocum from Spanish Love Songs. The dudes were at the house this last week. We hung out. We ate some food. We ate some cheesecake. You're going to hear all about that a little bit later. But it was really great to talk to Dylan about being a former college athlete and what that lifestyle was like and what it was like um, kind of making a big life decision and then kind of what his exploration through college was like and what it led him into what he does today, uh, which is fronting a band, writing music with a band, and traveling the world playing music uh, while also being like a screenwriter as well. So there's a lot to this conversation that we get into and it's really exciting because um, Spanish Love Songs has released one of my favorite albums of the year, year so far. It's called Schmaltz. You're going to hear all about how the album came together and how they got on AF Records and how this album got released. Uh, it's, it's kind of a funny story that I think none of them really expected to be as easy as it was. So uh, we'll get all to that a little bit later. We're going to have a mid 
podcast break because we're going to eat cheesecake during this podcast. So just a heads up, uh, there won't be a lightning round at the end of this episode. Instead, we're going to eat cheesecake and it'll be very fun and it'll be very loose. So I hope you enjoy that. Also, some random spoilers throughout for the movie Shutter Island. Um, also, no sponsorships have been made with either Costco or Cheesecake Factory or the Doughboys podcast, but all are referenced during this. Just want to say, not a sponsor, but hey, if you want to, give us a sponsor. That'd be sick. We, uh, we rep some really good shit in this episode, so, you know, whatever. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, this is an episode for everyday educators and daily disruptors, and we're full of that today with Dylan and I chatting about a bunch of stuff, uh, getting on a lot of tangents and realizing we're a lot more similar than we thought throughout the course of this recording. Uh, this week you're going to hear some some of those tunes from the Spanish Love Songs album, and you're going to hear some more of it right now as we get into this conversation with Dylan Slocum, and I'll be back in a little bit. Here we go. I'm sitting in my kitchen with Dylan Slocum, Spanish love songs. How are you? I'm good. Hello. Happy to be here. Happy to be in Quincy, Mass. Rocking it. Yeah, we just got back from Red Robin. Ate so much food. We ate a lot of food, and um, we're gonna we're gonna throw down some Cheesecake Factory. Still, <laughs> we got some, and we're like, you know what? Let's just put it on the pod. So stick around. Yeah, that's this is. <laughs> I am hijacking your podcast. It is now a food podcast. <laughs> well, you guys were telling me about a podcast that you guys were listening to. On oh the yeah, I mean you were. I can go into it. It's we all can, we listen to in the van. We can hype up another pod. I don't care. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, Doughboys. It's Doughboys. like the greatest. Actually, one of the hosts of Doughboys is from Quincy. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why we were, when you were like, let's go to Red Robin, we were like, we just listened to the Red Robin episode. And they went to the one in... No, they, they do it in LA. Oh. They, one of them's an actor and the other one's a writer, so they just go to chain restaurants with okay. special guests and then talk about it, and it's all we listen to in the van. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty good. Not a sponsor, but I'm really glad that now I have a new podcast to listen to. Oh, there's to. so many. It's, it's so good. It sounds like a podcast I listen to called uh, Raised on TV, which is just a couple of comedians just talking about TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't kid. listened to it, but I've heard of it. <laughs> it's really great. Those are the best podcasts. Yeah. Like I, people doing nothing. I just prefer podcasts where people go on tangents and like it's built in. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like this one. We're yeah, already we're already <laughs> we're talking about other podcasts. Let's do it. <laughs> yep. So, uh, Dylan, uh, I know a little bit about you. Why don't you tell folks a little about who you are, what you do, where you, how you got here? Yeah, all of it. All uh, of it. Oh man, the uh, whole podcast is on you now. <laughs> dang it! I did not take notes. Uh, let's see. I mean, how far back do I go? I play in the band Spanish Love Songs. I'm our primary lyricist we write all the songs uh we just put out our second album in march called schmaltz we've been touring on that a lot um how did i get here that is a heavy question <laughs> how did i end up where'd being... you grow up i grew up yeah yeah guide me okay yeah uh, I, got no, you. I grew up I've in done Southern... this a few times i grew up in southern california um let's see i was born 
in the late 80s in this tiny little town in a place we call the Inland Empire of California, which we were talking about earlier uh, with the hardcore scene out there. Um, went to public schools my whole life. Hell yeah. Public school property. It was. I say that, but I went to like, you know, rich rural community public yeah. schools. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, then went off to play college baseball. Did that for a minute. Then went to film school for a minute. And then, you know, been toiling around in L.A. And this band thing that I always did as a hobby um, <laughs> became, it's almost become my career. We're, like, dangerously close to us having to make a decision to, like, be <laughs> in a band. Which, you know. You already spend a lot of time on it. We sp- I spend more time on this and more money on this than anything else. But we still, like, can't admit uh-huh. that this is just what we're doing. Because it's okay. a weird thing to admit. Mm-hmm. It's stuff. I feel like it's stuff that, like, if we were 20, and we're like, okay, we're going to be in this band full time. Uh-huh. It's acceptable. But when, you know, we're all in our late 20s and early 30s, it's like, is that, is that really what you're doing? Yep. Is that, yep. that how you're choosing to live your life? <laughs> yeah. Are you ready to have that conversation with your parents? My parents don't care. It's great. Okay, good. My dad good. has always been, he doesn't give a shit what in like a good way in a good way yeah (laughs) yeah in like a hands-off way like it's your life you know i I forget what the decision was but at one point he's like it's your life you can you're either gonna ruin it yourself or not (laughs) i was like oh which is like almost sage wisdom but also like okay so you just don't want any responsibility <laughs> when I do fuck well, he, but like I think he knows I'm not going to listen to him either way. Yeah. So it's better to just, I don't know. I feel like some parents, they like, I'm going to give my children advice, even though they know that they're not going to listen to it. But mm-hmm. he's like, well, you're not going to listen to me. So why waste the breath? Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's, you know, I'm going to watch TV or go to work. Or, yeah. You know, and do something. My parents, so when I applied for college, my parents didn't even know that I had done that. Oh, wow. So they didn't even, they didn't expect me to, because like growing up in like my high school, a lot of my teachers didn't really think I was going to amount to anything, <laughs> just because I was kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. And like, I don't know, but I still did really good in school and I liked school. And so when I applied to college, they were like, oh, you're going to do that. Oh, All right. Thing. Yeah. Okay. So I guess this is happening. And then from there on... Since I was doing it myself, they basically had no say. Yeah. And they, they didn't they never even butted in because anytime I told them like what I was doing or what I wanted to do, they were like, Oh well, so you wanna be a professor? And I'm like, No, it's not <laughs> I guess kind of. It's <laughs> fine. A professor with all the work that goes into being a professor. Exactly. Like I can teach a class if I wanted to is my yeah. role right now, but I don't have to. That's a good place to be. It's a good. It's a good spot to be. Yeah. Um. So you 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 played college baseball. So you, you played baseball growing up. Play ba- That's the, actually the only thing my parents probably would not have let me do was quit baseball. Really? I mean, they would have, but they would have, <laughs> they would have been very upset because were the they whole... like team parents? They're just like no. It was just uh, I come from a very middle class family, and college wasn't getting paid for unless I had a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And they saw that I was smart and I was good at what I I was good at sports, so like that was the ticket. And yeah. My older brother didn't have good grades, and my little brother quit playing football when he was young, and so I was like the last one who kept doing it. And I got the scholarship, and they were happy. So yeah, it kind of worked out. Um, and then uh, 
Went to Santa Clara, which is in Northern California, and I played for a season. Okay. Um, it, it was exhausting. Yeah. Division one sports are exhausting. I don't. It's a full time job. Seems like it. It's absurd that we don't pay kids to do it. It's ob- like, and that's kind of what I was hoping to get into with you, like. Oh yeah. The whole amateurism of like uh, the way that they get away with not yeah. paying yeah. Uh, exploiting athletes. labor. That's what it looks like. Oh, it is one hundred percent. And he, like, and they always make the argument of like, well, the lesser sports wouldn't get any money because nobody watches them. It's like we'd still get some money. Uh-huh. You know, any money would have been helpful for what I was doing, which yeah. is you know, you're up early in the morning, six a.m. I so like my fall schedule into spring. The reason I stopped playing too, I I hurt my knee. I tore out like most of my meniscus in one of my knees, and. They said it was going to be like a six-week recovery. It ended up being closer to six months because I'm a giant. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, you can keep going, but you're probably going to have arthritis in okay. like three or five years. And your knee, like your knees is going to be destroyed. And I wasn't having very much fun anyway, so I just stopped um, to go play in bands, actually. But mm-hmm. yeah, the... The like usual schedule is like up at six. Well, up at like five thirty to then run over to the field and grab my gym clothes and like down some pre workout or something because that was you know yeah. that's what all the cool kids did. You gotta be you gotta be jacked. Um, and it, I really feel like that stuff just gave me a stomach ache and made me angry. That's why I can't have pre workout. I recently started taking it again. Yeah, but like I feel like. Pre-workout technology has changed a lot in the last decade. Yeah, like they've figured it out a little bit. Okay, that early no explode, the early no explode yep. days. Yep, yep. Oh man, I've... messed with me. Yeah, because my buddies <laughs> were like, try graphic, this, but the, try the this, name so is you fitting. can get in. And yeah. I'm like, oh no. The second I start working out, I feel like I have to like take yeah. a shit. Yeah, that's yeah. Maybe that's how you lose weight on it. Is it's just. Causing you to go to the right bathroom. in and right out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, get up at like five thirty, go do that, lift weights until like seven forty-five, run back to my uh, dorm, like in and out the shower while I'm changing. Eight a.m. class. Then I do like eight a.m. to noon classes or eight a.m. to one. I'd be falling asleep by the last class. Yeah. Which it didn't help that it was like the history of Central America. Which not that it's not interesting, but. Didn't keep your attention. It wasn't at the engaging time. at the time when I was nineteen, <laughs> and it was my first, you know, quarter of college, and then uh, back to the field at like two, and then we practice, you know, well beyond the the NCAA allowable hours. We'd be at the fields like eight or ten p.m. Sick. Yeah. Right. And then if you were dedicated, you would go back and lift more weights. Right. That's disgusting. It's insane. Yeah. That's unreal. Yeah, so I struggled a lot. I got good grades, but I hated it. And then uh, it was great when I left the team. I guess the, my my advisor was like, yeah, the team GPA is going to drop like almost an entire point. Because of you Cause leaving? <laughs> so Which you, was insane. So you were keeping up while doing all of yeah, that. Yeah, so I was killing myself to like be a good student because that's the only way I knew how to be. Yeah. I'm like, I just want to please everybody. And yeah. I'm a good boy. Yeah. Give me A's. Yeah. Yep. 
those are the conversations I have with students still. Oh, yeah. Like, like, finding that balance. Oh, yeah. Did you feel like you had any sort of balance at that time? Or was it just all like... Oh, it was all over the place. Oh. Yeah, there was... I mean, there's no balance to be struck. You, The balance was... Go crazy during the week. Keep up. And on top of that, you have your social life. So it was like Friday, Saturday was like... Get blasted with your friends Mm -hmm. because you know were you allowed to as an athlete though or was it only in season no we we got away with a lot okay we got away with a lot okay yeah um like we yeah we never got questioned or anything the only the only time we'd ever get in trouble is um we we had a random ncaa drug test that season sick yeah (laughs) and like i remember it was like maybe the second time i'd ever bought pot Okay. It was like two weeks before that hmm. from one of my teammates. And they're like, yeah, we're doing an NCAA uh, random drug testing. And I was like, oh. And then I thankfully it was not my name they got drawn, but the guy who sold me the pot was one of the people who got drawn. <laughs> and so those guys were like in sweatsuits, drinking cranberry juice, running stadium steps, like trying to just flush you know, they, like, go to, like, the... I've done, You can, like, buy the stuff that supposedly flushes your system out. Like, taking that. Like, they all passed. I don't know how. Trying to... Maybe they got fake pee. Oh, was know. that just... So they were just trying to pee? Yeah, it was just a pee test. So... But doesn't it still stay in your system? I don't know. I don't know how that... I don't know how it works. I don't know how they beat it, but they all beat it. I've never smoked the devil's lettuce. Uh-oh. So I'm not one to know. I'm just... I just judge those who do. Okay. You know? That's fine. I don't, I don't smoke that much either. <laughs> um, I was like trying to be like, not even trying to be cool. I was like, it was cool. I'm a freshman in college. Yeah. Like, I didn't, even, I didn't even smoke that much weed in high school. So like, even as a collegiate athlete, were you, so one, you're not being paid. Nope. Were, did you at least have a meal plan while you're eating? Like I that? had a meal plan that was tied into my tuition. Okay. My, not even my tuition. Your my, residency? My residency, my room and board. Yeah. Um, which again, I didn't understand the intricacies of that, right? Like it's it's a bill. And it's you bullshit. You're like, oh, student loans and this and my scholarship cover. It feels a, like free money, but it's not. It's a bullshit thing. Yeah. Katie and I went to college to understand this system. Yeah. And I literally just explained to a student the other day like what federal work study was and yeah. how loans work, and it just like almost made him cry. Oh yeah. And I was like, trust me, trust me. <laughs> I get it. None of this makes sense. Yes, no. It, it, and it doesn't get better. Uh, so I guess going along with like that whole like just living uh, the life of like a student athlete, like there is no really no self care or balance at all in that. It doesn't sound like it. No, no. Especially, and this was like this was two thousand six, mm-hmm. two thousand seven. So this is before I think the word self care had entered the yeah. university vernacular. Right. Or the like, world vernacular. Or the world vernacular. This Self-care was, and mindfulness are still quite new. <laughs> yeah, this was like, you know what I mean? We didn't even, like, we had a team psychologist, but mm-hmm. he wasn't there to, like, help us with our actual mental health. He was there to help us with, like, visualizing how to throw a better pitch. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, we had, yeah, we had a sports psychologist, but not, like, not a team actual Somebody therapist. who could help you with your feels. Yeah, somebody I could just go to and be like, hey... <laughs> 
Why am I depressed right now? I'm feeling some sad. I don't know what that is. You know, again, uh, I was 19. I didn't know what depressed was. Yeah. Oh, that was weird. Was that definitely coming into play though? Like, oh, well, it had to have been. Yeah. I. It's hard because you. Can, I can't like look back and be like, separate when I haven't felt this way. I don't. But I didn't have the mental vocabulary at the time to be like to analyze. And be like, oh, this is how you're feeling right now. Hmm. It was just like, huh. Don't feel. Don't feel great. Just don't feel great today. Hmm. Oh well, let's just you know go about the day. Yeah, maybe I'll I, just I think at the time the too. I, I just I had so much to do that like there was no stopping. Regardless, even if you didn't feel right, I would still just you know put my head down and like do my homework or yeah. go lift weights or this or that. It kind of yeah. sounds like oh this is I don't I don't know. It almost sounds kind of dehumanizing in a way because it makes you so busy and so. Um, like driven to the point where you're not allowed to do anything else. Oh yeah. That you almost purposely can't think about those other. Oh things. yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. It almost sounds like what they do with like the military. Oh yeah. yeah. I, th- I think that's a. It's a very valid way that people try to escape stuff is just by working so much that they can't actually recognize any of it. Oh boy, this is getting way too real <laughs> for me. Oh man, that is that's almost my brand. <laughs> right. So yeah, why deal with stuff? I can just work on stuff. Yeah, instead. yeah, yeah. So I don't that... want to work on myself. <laughs> so baseball ends. Baseball and ends. You decided to go to film school. Uh, I finished out my undergraduate. Okay. Uh, I was. So I transferred out of Santa Clara. <laughs> I spent a year at a Baptist school. Sick. I was too proud to just go to a community college for the interim year. I get it. Um, which was dumb. I could have saved a lot of money and mm-hmm. not had to have been forced to go to chapel. Um, but it was a good experience because it really helped me solidify my kind of viewpoints. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it was weird to go from like a, uh, so Santa Clara is like a Jesuit school, but like the Catholic schools don't give a, they yeah, don't they're give super a crap. Chill. Like, yeah, they're, I had like a teacher, a religion teacher who was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a Buddhist, but I would also be a Catholic priest if I could. And I was like, I don't, I don't understand religion apparently. <laughs> uh, you know, coming from like small town California, I was like, this is tight. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, or like the ethic, you know, your first ethics class where yeah. you're, you're just like, oh, oh my gosh, man, ethics what? is a thing. Oh, shit. But let me write this paper in defense of abortion. <laughs> but then I went from that and like was sucked back out to this Catholic or to this Baptist school where like I got, I got in a lot of trouble once because I uh, pro- not protested, but like there was basically like a almost like a pray the gay away day at the chapel oh sick yeah and i was having none of that best. and i like kept raising my hand and asking questions which you're like definitely not supposed to do but i was just gonna be like yeah that's not true though you know? like, <laughs> where are you getting this that it's not that it's a choice like, like this is kind of fucked up y'all. yeah like what are we doing <laughs> I, I got kicked out um and i almost failed the ch- like it was a grade I almost failed that class. Going to I, chapel was Going to chapel it was a great, and I almost failed that class because I got kicked out once and I got reprimanded another time for, I was probably being an asshole. It was something, yeah, something about somebody dying while preaching in Iraq, and I was just like, I probably said something insensitive that I shouldn't yeah. have said, but I was very mad at that point yeah, that I was being yeah. forced to listen to these stories about forcing yeah. your religion on other people, and I was like, well, maybe they... If they're mad they were dropping bombs on him. <laughs> you know. But I was I was an asshole. Uh but like that also seems like a time where like you went from this like highly routinized life of being an athlete 
to then going to this like religious university where you're like, you're actually, I think, possibly the first time you're actually given a chance to think. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I, I, and I mean, doing school, yeah. you probably had plenty of it, but now like this is what you can do. Yeah, I had an overabundance of time to be able to think about things that didn't matter. Because like, like my freshman year, I was a big student, so like I, I definitely had a lot of fun with my English classes and you know getting deep in college. Um, it was very much like a psych and philosophy 101 type mindset of like, oh yeah, I'm cool now. Um, but yeah, I definitely had an overabundance of time where I was just being overly critical of everything because I don't know, like we were studying Nietzsche in class someday and you, know, you get to like the God is dead portion and all mm-hmm. the kids at the, bap- uh, at the uh, Baptist school are like, oh, why are we talking about this? And it's yeah. like, this is the world, guys. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is real life. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, yeah, so that ended almost immediately. Like <laughs> a week into school, there was like, I'm transferring. And so I ended up at UC San Diego um, where I was an English major and... Again, with an over, I started working at a restaurant to like pay the bills. Um, I I probably shouldn't gloss over the fact I got married around this time. <laughs> um, I was in love, but also largely in California, it's a great way to hack the system. Yeah, because uh, you can't be considered an independent student if you're under twenty five. Mm. Like for very for very few reasons can you be considered an independent student. So like, mm. even if I wasn't getting financial help from my parents. In the eyes of the government, I was. Yeah. Um, so when you get married, you're suddenly an independent student who's hmm. making $15,000 a year. Yeah. Um, so I got a lot of financial aid help, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I've been shameless about it. It's a great way to get college paid for. Oh, no, Find for Find somebody sure. you love and get married. I found, I know plenty of friends who've done that. Yeah. Plenty of friends who did that. Like, I had friends at a college, there was a religiously affiliated college yeah. that would pay 75% of your tuition yep. if you got married while there. Yep. It's a smart move. I tell everybody I know to do it. That's why. Even, even if you're not in love, you can fake it just enough. <laughs> fake it in case again. you can't tell, I have a lot of problems with <laughs> the modern university system, so we can get into that. Um, so yeah, I was an English major there. <laughs> Like a month into classes there, I had a teacher who was like, it was a Hemingway and Fitzgerald class. I love Hemingway and Fitzgerald. And mm-hmm. it was like three weeks in, he's like, today we're going to talk about color and the great Gatsby. And I remember texting my wife at the time. I was like, oh no, I want to die. This is terrible. And I switched to creative writing the night, that night. I switched to creative writing, having never taken a creative writing class. Um, and then kind of pivoted out of that and did a lot of journalism and screenwriting and um, the teaching of writing, yeah. which was great. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go be a creative writing teacher and write my fiction or my creative nonfiction, whatever. And then I discovered screenwriting, and it was probably the thing that fit me the best mm-hmm. stylistically. And so uh, when I graduated, I moved to L.A. almost immediately. And then once I was in L.A., I realized I didn't know anybody mm-hmm. and like had zero contact. So the opportunity came up for me to go to film school at USC, um, and I kind of just took it because mm-hmm. I got into a pretty exclusive program there with like 24 other people. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is going to, this is going to mortgage the rest of my life, but yeah. whatever, this sounds fun. Why not do it? Yeah. You know, you complete it? the college experience. You enjoy that? It was great. I was divorced by then. Okay. Um, so it was like, it was my chance to do college yeah. the right way. I don't know. Uh, one of my favorite screenwriters 
did a blog post about it because he went to the same program as me. Um, also hosts a very popular podcast called oh, Script Notes. Oh, sick. Um, yeah, John August. And he, he wrote a, a, a film school post called uh, Film School or a Very Expensive Way to Get Laid. And uh, I, I 100% <laughs> agree with him. It's, you know, I, yeah. That's fantastic. That was, that's mostly my experience of film school. My thermostat don't work. I'm sweating naked on my bed. It's gonna fade a nasty yellow in the morning. Another blank face staring through me like a chalk outline. So this week we're gonna hype up once again the great work that our friends at Half Access are doing. Please go to halfaccess.org and find out what you can do to help out our friend Cassie Wilson amass a massive online portal looking into the accessibility of concert venues and how we can help those venues, you know, figure out better ways to make their spaces accessible for people with disabilities. That'd be super sick. Um, This week, Half Access was actually featured in a Now This uh, video, which is amazing, great coverage for them super excited to see all the great stuff that is coming their way we'll we'll put a link to that video in the show notes so folks can see that it's getting them a lot more attention which is really cool because i feel really great that we were able to be one of the first folks to really like help push this uh initiative over a year and a half ago or almost a year and a half ago which is amazing so if you are interested in hearing our conversation with cassie wilson please go back to literally the eighth episode of this podcast and listen to cassie talk about all the work that she's trying to do to make sure that we can make concert venues more accessible for people who need the support go to halfaccess.org or find them on social media and figure out what you can do to help and now um we're gonna bring a bunch of people into the kitchen and eat some cheesecake and it's gonna get weird. Hope you enjoy it. Death by Chocolate is a trademark by Bennigan's Restaurants. Bennigan's. Huh. That's definitely not where I got it. Okay. I think I think PF Chang's did it at some point. Oh wow! I so I'm 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 excited to try yours, Katie. Who's I don't think I have. Um, I so we've got some cheesecakes out, and we're going to eat some cheesecake. We have hijacked we... your podcast yeah. to make it our version of Doughboys when we're on the road. <laughs> Sorry, Doughboys. Did you just whisper cheesecake to yourself? <laughs> Here you go. Here's a fork. So we've got, we've, got, we've got the guys from Spanish Love Songs just hanging out. We're going to eat some cheesecake, and we're going to try all these different... Katie's already... Katie's got the... What kind did you get, Katie? Toasted marshmallow s'mores. Toasted marshmallow. That's your go-to, right? Yeah. That's your go-to. It's my fave. Um, I got something I've never, I've never had this one before. It's the coffees and coffees and cream. I think is what oh, they called it. So it's coffee with like the coffee flavor, and I think it's got like some sort of like, I don't know, some sort of like chunks in there. I don't know what it is, but it look it's like marbled as yeah, fuck. It's a nice marble swole. It's so fucking swole with marble. It's swole with marble. So I'm going to cut I'm going to dig in there. What kind did you get, Dylan? We got the chocolate hazelnut crunch topped with Nutella. And a, um, and a sweet 1330 calories. We were eyeballing it too. <laughs> yeah. And then you were like I'm going for it. Yeah, I was going to get the original. 
which was only 830 calories. I okay. wish they didn't have to put those in front of them. Yeah. Are we just going for this? Yeah, yeah just just, just dig in. Just do it. I'm digging to dig into yours. I feel like this is relevant to higher education because college students definitely eat Love Cheesecake, Cheesecake Factory. Cake. Oh, yeah. The first time I ever had Cheesecake Factory was at my freshman year of college. Oh, that's better. Yeah. So the, co- the coffee and cream I one. Have a, I have a story about the school that I work at in Cheesecake Factory. Okay. So we were doing um, some skits for orientation, and uh, there's one where they have to do a condom demonstration. <laughs> and, Hell yeah. Uh, we didn't have one of the like models that you do the condom demonstration on, like the actual ones. So I carved a penis out of a candle. Oh my god! Oh yeah, I remember this. You, you whittled the dick. I did. Whittle the dick. And, uh, and one of my students uh, bet that I wouldn't say it in front of the room of like two hundred something new students. And one of them just like asked, "Who made the the candle penis?" And like, ah, me, I made the candle feed. <laughs> so I won uh, a trip to the Cheesecake Factory because that was her, like, she's like, if you say it, I'll bring That's you the, the Cheesecake easiest, Factory. That's the easiest plate of orange chicken you ever got. Man. Right? So I've already tried all three of them. I put uh, paper towels out so you can clean up your fork before you bite into other <laughs> slices. Clean your palate. Um, well, and so we don't spread fucking germs to each other. That's fair. So I know uh, Katie doesn't want germs. We don't want to get what? sick right now. We're, we're, you guys are we're, in the throw of We're in the education. We don't want to get sick. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I'll stay home. Katie's like, I'm out. <laughs> I'll move this out of the way so folks can get over to Katie's. But, um, okay, I love this coffee one. Okay. Mm. That's really good. This is going to be Make sure to get some of the oh, marshmallow on the top. And I like it that it's, it's like, like a lot of coffee flavors, they'll um, really overdo it with like the flavoring. And like, yeah, this is coffee and I'm going to like just smash your dickhead with it. Like this is going to be coffee. But this one's like just like a good taste in coffee. Like I, I like that. I like, <laughs> I like intense coffee, but this is nice. Nice and enjoyable. They're all pretty good, but the Nutella one is... The Nutella one's solid? Katie, did you try this one yet? I'm good. I just want mine. (laughs) Katie knows what's up. This one almost made me cry. I know what I like. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. I don't eat a lot of sweets. I hardly eat sweets. Do you think the the hazelnut with Nutella? That's crazy. I'll have to go back in. Go back. (laughs) Take two. I'll have to go back in. See, Dylan, your dream came true. This is no our our biggest dream as a band is to be on Doughboys. Mm-hmm. So thank you for letting us just. We'll send the audition tape. We'll we, we, we created it here. <laughs> it's more of um, your other goal was to not eat this by yourself. Oh, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing with Thirteen hundred calories on your own. We wouldn't let you do that. That would have been rough. Dude, like I can throw down. 1,300 calories in, like, a nice savory meal. This is, like, eat the whole thing. I'm going to hate myself. Here's the problem, though, is that I, I could. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not a big slice of cheesecake. Mm-hmm. I already, yeah. Until you get to the end, and you're then like, it oh, thickens up. fuck, right? 
is that should That's you so eat your good. should you eat your cheesecakes backwards? Backwards. Like pizza? Who do the you, hell eats pizza backwards? I'm just saying people do it. <laughs> I heard people do that. I know sometimes on the side. Sometimes I eat it from the side. So I fold. We were talking about Costco earlier. Yeah, let's get another Costco. Not a sponsor, but it's fine. No. I'll fold the because the the Costco slices are big, and so like I'll fold the so I'll fold the bottom up to one of the other corners, and I'll eat it like that, and I'll slowly roll the pizza forward as I eat it, so I have pieces of crust in every bite. Oh, wow. Does that sound weird? That's so weird. It's a little yeah. weird. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is the beginning of, a, of your spinoff podcast about like, uh, hacks for college students <laughs> eating. Because, <laughs> like, a lot of people don't like crust, but I love crust. Yeah. And so, like, I'll enjoy it in every bite so it doesn't go wasted. We need to make a, a pizza, like, an individual that has crust all over it, but, like, a little 12-inch that's just a pizza. That's, that's just called a pizza. <laughs> no, I mean like smaller. There's crust in every bite of pizza because it's on top of dough. That's true. But mm, you mean like the fat crust? Yeah. yeah. If you want that, just eat a calzone. Okay. So do we want to get into this now? <laughs> also, calzone is not pizza. Costco doesn't. Also, let's yeah. let's Costco get into this. This day, this year, age-old question: Is cheesecake cake? This is. I set Facebook aflame with my friends. Did you actually? Yes. They were my friends were pissed about there this. Was like what did you say that it was or wasn't? I just asked, "Is cheesecake cake?" Yeah. And I, it got it got over like seven hundred votes, and then the on like this Facebook poll, and then then the comments had like another eight hundred comments of people just complaining and yelling and arguing because like okay, a lot of folks think it's a tart. What would you think it is? Okay. <laughs> it's in the fucking name. Is it made like a traditional cake? Yeah, you still have to bake it. Is cheesecake a cake? I don't know. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> Just fucking eat it. Is it delicious and will it contribute to my ideal body? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like the consensus is that the hazelnut Nutella... Crunch is gone. Is gone. <laughs> it's the only one that is gone and was the best. Good work, team. Yeah. We figured it out. And Katie will still probably fight to the death over the <laughs> Cheesecake Factory branded segment with Spanish love songs. Sponsor us. Also, hey, Doughboys, this is going to you. <laughs> You're welcome. I love you. I just learned about who you You're are. You're going to get your podcast you. shut down if you send them this. <laughs> but they literally just stole. Our, our, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Premise? Yeah, their premise, whatever. Uh-huh. Their format. Uh-huh. Yeah. And one of their segments. And one of their segments. <laughs> well, you know what? Fuck it. This hey. is the Edgy Punks podcast. We don't fucking listen to Yeah, we're up in the through. punks right now. Up the fucking punks. Up the punks with Cheesecake Factory. Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> Brought to you by Cheesecake Factory. When you hear your family. <laughs> what is their catchphrase? I don't know. Is it on one of the bags? Is, is it yum? Uh, when we were eating at Red the Robin, is, it's cake. <laughs> <laughs> when we were at Red Robin, put me in you. <laughs> under my French fries, I had a bunch of catchphrases, and one of them was, "We'll put your stomach on the list." And that was like to get into the club. Like what? <laughs> 
Yeah, your stomach just made the list. VIP stomach. Like, hi, how many stomachs are dining today? So now that you're full, let's talk about the band. Let's talk about the band. How much I hate myself. So, um, were you just like listening to punk music and shit while playing baseball? Yeah. Were you the only one? Um. (coughs) No. Yeah. Probably. I I played in punk bands when I was in high school, so. So you were doing that while playing sports? Did you do it in college while playing? No, I was writing songs in my dorm room, like on my computer on Pro Tools, but I wasn't performing or doing anything. I was just writing a ton of songs. Um, and then as soon as I stopped playing baseball, I moved back home and started a band like almost immediately. Hmm. Um, and that was really fun. But I think I was the only kid on my team to listen to punk. There was a lot of terrible rap music. And I like rap, but there was the terrible version. <laughs> um, and there was a lot of butt rock. Like people really, like, I don't know what it is if you, a lot of athletes just, I, maybe it's like their personality is so wrapped up in sports that they have a terrible taste in music. No, it's most of it. <laughs> right? I think it's most of it. They just don't put the effort or time into it. Yeah, it's, you know. That's why EDM's is so successful. Successful. Yeah. Let's just, just get fucking wasted and listen to the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So. Hell yeah. There was a lot of really suspect <laughs> musical choices on that baseball team. And, yeah. So you were just like, I'm going to make my own music. <laughs> I, li- I definitely listened to my own, iP- my own iPod during workouts. Because it was either like, listen to my special mixes that I would make myself in the pre-Spotify days. Or it was like, uh, listen to Ballin'. Who sings that? Is that Rick Ross? Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking Ballin'! <laughs> mm. No idea. No? No idea. <laughs> Yeah. No, none of us know what you're talking about. Is it no ballin'? <laughs> no, I know it. You know ballin'. I can't ballin'. think of who it's by, though. Well, if only we could... If only we had it up. At, our, at our fingers. It was like a lot of that, and it was a lot of like... Uh, oh, no. Every day I'm hustling. Like that. Yeah. Ballin', song by Young Jeezy. Young Jeezy. That sounds... I don't know. Hold on, I'm now. What's up? Young Jeezy's the one that uh, Hannibal Burris makes fun of. Right? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, Young Jeezy was on uh, MTV Cribs, apparently, and he was like, this is like a 16, 16, or no, he said he had like a 40-room uh, house, but then like realized that most of those are closets. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, Jeezy. Can we have a song that has... Oh, yeah. House my house's super dumb, big. My, my room's, room's got rooms. rooms. You're like, no, Jeezy. No, those, those, those are closets. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, buddy. Uh, um, so when did this band become a thing, even? Um... Let's see. When I was in film school, I started a band with our original bassist, Gabe. Uh, we were playing in, like, a Americana punk band that was, like, doing super, like, punky Springsteen ripoffs. I was going to say, were you, like, the Gaslight Anthem? Yeah, probably. Yeah. It was a lot like that. <laughs> um, which is, I mean, that's fine. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, this is when, you know... 
It was a lot of fun. And then that band broke up. Ruben joined that band like midway through it. And then it broke up. Um, like, yeah, midway through when I was in film school. So I kind of talked to Ruben and Gabe, and I was like, well, I don't know. you just want to keep playing songs together? Um, and we did. And then we met Kyle like right when I was graduate, right before I graduated. Um, and Kyle worked at his studio, so then we started recording stuff together. And then, yeah, we just kept playing and kind of did it as, <coughs> as a hobby. Uh, Seems to be the way I always start. <laughs> yeah, we just did it. We're like, oh, we'll just play some shows, put out an album of songs that I had lying around or that we worked on. And that would be it. And it would be fun and it would be cool. And Kyle could get some credits for the studio. I could get rid of these songs that I had been sitting on for somewhere like six years old. Oof. And then we could, you know, play shows in L.A. and have our friends be like, ah, I can't make it out tonight. Um, <laughs> maybe. Maybe yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard maybe. Um, and so we did that, and then it just kind of kept going, yeah. and hasn't really stopped. Haven't really thought about it too much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a really inauspicious start. It was like, hey, let's play some music, and then not try, and then you know, here we are. Yeah. Well, I already when we started, I thought I was already too old to play in a punk band. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. How old are you? I'm 33. Oh. Yeah, I'm 31. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I was just I'm not in a punk band either, I guess. I'm like, we're never going to tour. This isn't going to go anywhere. But, yeah. But, you know. Okay, we just... Sorry. We just yeah. did it. I, was de- I definitely felt I was too old. I was like, yeah, whatever, though. We can just do this for ourselves. We'll do it for a couple of months. And then we'll yeah, a couple of months. <laughs> and then we'll break up and then start another band. We'll break up, start another band. Maybe that one will be more mature sounding and have a better name. <laughs> And then eventually become a cover band. Yeah, then we play, you know, <laughs> we, play then we play an emo night and get paid and don't have to tour. Do live band karaoke and oh hell yeah, enjoy our lives. That's what we throw down here in Boston. We <laughs> we played a show the other night. Emo night. We played a show the other night and they ended it at like ten, and by ten fifteen they were kicking us and we were just on tour with Iron Sheik. They were kicking us out of the venue. Because there was live band karaoke coming in after us. Sick. And we were chatting, and we were just like, oh, so we know what really makes money tonight. Mm-hmm. And it was not the not the amazing <coughs> punk show. No. It was, you know, somebody doing Fly by Sugar Ray live. <laughs> <laughs> Ours is live band emo pop punk karaoke. Oh, oh shit. So it's a little bit better. Can we go do that right now? Yeah. So they do it about once every few months and it's like a bunch of our friends and like a bunch of yeah. bands around here and um we help like host it and do a bunch of stuff. But um yeah, they the 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 they do like some four years strong, some Fallout Boy, yeah, Wonder romance. Years, my chemical romance. Okay. Uh, I can at least I can get Sugar on Cole, fun. Oh, Paramore. Saves the day. Saves the day. Okay. Okay. It's all over the place. Yeah. It's, it's what like they have some jawbreaker. I, I see the appeal of that. It's they, fun, yeah. right? It like lets people who probably wouldn't normally be in bands get exactly. to live out the experience of being in a mm-hmm. band. I got to do love. the first time they ever did. Uh, they did a Tegan and Sarah song most uh-huh. recently, and I got to do "Back in Your Head." And okay, I don't want to brag, but I fucking crushed it. <laughs> 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 fucking crushed it. 
Because, like, some people... Okay, so what we've noticed in some of those is some people will go up there and be like, Man, I love this song! It's so great! But then when they're up there, they forget the cadence. Yeah. They forget how the song actually goes. And they kind of just start reading instead of, like, perform the song you know. Yeah. Like, that you should know. And It's <sighs> nuts when it's, like, I'm Not Okay by My Chemical Romance, which, like, everyone <laughs> should just know the words. <laughs> or, like, anything by Panic! at the Disco. Yeah, like you're like we're surprised. Like, how did you miss like the line? Like the the, song was the, on the trust me part. Of, I'm not okay. Like whatever. Oh whatever. So I, you're not a cover band yet. I played one emo night, and it was it was a buddy of ours who was like, "I'll give you a very large percentage of the door if you come play this emo night for me." And I was like, "The band can't." But I'll come do it acoustically <laughs> for the same percentage. <laughs> and uh, everyone had done it, it would have just been like, just, that would have been the end of our band. Would have been end. That would have been the end. But I went and did it, and I was like, I'm playing mostly originals. Like, it's going to be our performance, and I'll throw in some covers for you. Um, did you do a dashboard? I did a dashboard cover, and I did I, I had never formally learned I'm not okay, mm-hmm. like on guitar, but I played it. Yeah. <laughs> it was honestly the biggest sing-alongs we've ever gotten as a band. <laughs> it was great though because like <laughs> I got to. No, it was cool though because like I made it my duty to be like like I was gonna uphold the tr- the like the pure standards of what emo and pop punk needs to be at this emo night, and like mm-hmm. we're gonna we're going to make sure that this is the, the proper scene, which, like, it's a bunch of kids who just want to get drunk and listen to music they listen to in high school. Mm-hmm. But I got there, and they played brand new, and I was like, oh, Jesse Lacey's a sexual predator. <laughs> and people were like, what? And I was like, yeah, we won't be listening to any more goddamn brand new tonight. <laughs> just, like, started yelling at people. Lost the room immediately. Yeah, they yeah they they cut those songs out of the thank goodness the, the lineups that they were they were doing. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. they, they stopped I, I doing lost. it for a little bit too. They're like the scene's kind of a bummer right now. Yeah, huh? it's yeah, not it good. Was like they kept having to cut bands from the set, and they were like, we don't have anything else. <laughs> what are you doing? We're, all of our former idols are terrible people. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have known? It's great. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, when everybody's fifty, they're like, "Let's go listen to Spanish love songs at the bar." Yeah, so they reminded me of that time in my thirties when I was <laughs> super bummed out because all of my heroes were sexual predators. <laughs> Dude, if nothing else, it'll be us. <laughs> Dude, I'll we'll request, I'll request we'll Belly Ape. Just fucking play it when we're like, I don't know, forty-five and sad still. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't. I still don't think God will save me. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think the really first time know. Katie heard that song, they were like, "Oh fuck yes!" <laughs> Basically, the whole first listen through of that album. Yeah. Well, because I had just gotten my haircut and okay. I felt like I looked like I was appropriating the Nazi haircut, and I was like, "Fuck!" And I heard that song, I was like, "God damn it! <laughs> Why is everything he's saying happening right it's now?" A tough world to be in. Well, <laughs> haircuts. I don't know. People are dying. You're eating too much cheesecake. Everything's fine. We'll be fine. Everything's great. Everything's fine, guys. I'm actually a pretty happy person most of the time. <laughs> uh, so you guys put out the new one through AF Records, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah how'd that come about? Um, I was. It's another fun story. Hell yeah. Um, 
We just got stories for you. Um, we were, I, not we, I was in Belgium. I took my mom on a vacation and uh, we saw our tour manager. In, he's our European tour manager. He's like our great buddy. He put out our first album in Europe, uh, Gregory. We all went out and got drunk in Antwerp. And my poor mom had to sit there while like me and Gregory and four other punks just like downed a bunch of 11% beers and we're just like, Ugh. Um, <laughs> she's like, I hope they don't die. To nah, me. she had fun. My mom's great. She like, we left this street festival and Gregory was like, I don't have any of these giant, like in Belgium, you get your beer in the individual glass of the brewery. Oh. And it's like at the street fair, we didn't get plastic throwaway cups. We got glasses oh, that God. we returned. But Gregory's like, oh, I don't have these. And my mom's like, cool. And like shoved them in her purse and we left. <laughs> like we stole like six glasses. It was great. Dude, hell yeah, mom. Yeah, mom parties. <laughs> um, but uh, we were at this bar and somebody brought up Anti-Flag. And we were drunk and we were like, oh man, I haven't listened to Anti-Flag in forever. And it reminded me of a very specific time in my life and like the punk music that I listened to. I think that's the kind of the beauty of anti-flag is that they constantly can like recapture a new generation, mm-hmm. and it's you know, it's it's rad. But I, I brought the or we talked about it for like a minute, and then we moved on. But Gregory like his the wheels in his head started turning, and he was like, "Oh, AF Records, we haven't mm-hmm. talked to them yet." And he's he's like constantly trying to help us meet people that, you know, we knew we had want we knew we wanted to put it out on a bigger label. Uh, Wiretap Records is great, mm-hmm. um, and put out one of my favorite albums last year. Oh, who's Kamikaze Girls? Oh yeah, yeah. And Rob's great. And the whole team, and like Rob's a one-man band there. It's mm-hmm. it's insane and it's great. But you know, we just we we were ready for you know something different, I guess, uh, with this one. And so when we Gregory sent over to AF, and uh, when the day I got home from Europe, I had a like I picked up the phone and it was uh, Christo, the label manager at AF, and he was like, "Hey, some guy named Gregory sent me your record." It's like I want to put it out. <laughs> that was a pretty good stone brush too. Right? Oh, I want to put it out. Yeah. So you didn't really have to like <clears throat> convince anyone. No, I didn't have to sell it at all. I was like, wait, what? And then I tried to play it cool, like, oh yeah, yeah, maybe, you know, whatever. We got some other. We got some other yeah. offer. But it's like we had other people listening to it, but like nobody who was like, I want to put this out tomorrow. Um, <laughs> other than we had been talking to Uncle M, who did the European release, and I had had a call with them when I was in Europe and he was he, uh, the manager over there was like yeah that's a good album I think I think we might he, like he was doing it properly he's like I, th- I think we might want to put it out like he was and I was like oh man you sounded so excited earlier why don't you want me like accept me put out my album right he's like I don't know we'll see <laughs> that was all scoffing at it yeah that was the day where I, I'm pretty sure he was like we were chatting, and I don't think he meant it this way, but I think it was a lost in translation type thing. But he basically was like, "Yeah." Basically, to me, it, it was something like uh, the first album was full of these really anthemic type of more upbeat things that reminded me of the Menzingers. And this new album, yeah, doesn't quite do that. But I heard it doesn't sound enough like the Menzingers. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, like losing my losing my shit." But I think it was just him, you know, feeling us out like sure we were the right band. Okay, time for the music break portion of the podcast. Right now, gonna bring you a 
full song from the new Spanish Love Songs album, Schmaltz. You've heard us talking about it already. Now we're going to play you a song. This is a song that the first time I heard it, I was like, oh shit. Uh, do I have that kind of haircut? <laughs> this song is called The Boy Considers His Haircut. It is off of the new Spanish Love Songs album, which is out now on AF Records. It is one of my personal favorite albums of the year so far. It is fun. It is lively. It takes some stances. This song specifically does that, which is why I want to share it with you. There's a new music video for it, which is, which is in the show notes. So please go watch that. Please go to AF Records and purchase this album. Go to SpanishLoveSongs.com, purchase this album. You can get all those links in the show notes. Right now, here is The Boy Considers His Haircut from our friends at Spanish Love Songs. shortcomings, my gross insecurities, be less narcissistic, maybe show some humility. second guest want to find the money to fix my nose and learn to breathe without pacing i don't want to be depressed want to find a haircut that fits me that hasn't been co-opted by nazis i'll settle for some rest want to move on i want to feel more important I'm trying to be fine i swear i'm trying to be my best well, i want to wake up and maybe be better Wanna come through and not be second guest Wanna find the money to fix my nose So I can sing without pacing I don't wanna be depressed I wanna find a haircut that fits me That hasn't been stolen by Nazis I'll settle for some rest I'm trying 
That was The Boy Considers His Haircut by Spanish Love Songs. Please get the new album Schmaltz from AF Records. You can go online, get a vinyl copy, get some CDs, get a digital copy. Uh, At the very end of this, Dylan tells you he'll just, you know, send you it. He doesn't care. He wants you to listen to it. They want you to listen to it, stream it, use the internet, find the music. Get to the gigs. They're on tour right now. They're finishing up, going back across the country. Go see them. They're everywhere. They're always on the road. All right. Now, let's finish this conversation with Dylan Slocum. I love the Men's Ears. They're yeah. a great band, but yeah. we're not, like, sitting in a room. Like, I'm not the third Barnett brother. <laughs> I'm not sitting in a room, like, practicing my vibrato by listening to Men's Ears albums. Um, yeah, I don't know. If I had to guess, we'd probably listen to a lot of the same shit growing up. Yeah. I don't know. Bruce Springsteen, Connor Oberst. Uh, there was somebody else recently that I listened to. I was like, oh, yeah, I sing just like, I don't know. Mm. Whatever. Anybody who has a like quiver in their voice. Is that um, what was going into making these songs then? Yeah, we basically just listened to The Impossible Past. And we're like, how do we do the, the less good version of this? <laughs> Changed a couple keys. Changed a couple keys. Sped <laughs> yeah. a song or two up, sped yeah. a song or two down. Yeah, changed some of the lyrics. Switch around some of the arrangements. Yeah. yeah. Not that's, too that's, much. Don't want to make it too hard. No. Yeah, that's how, we, that's how we got this latest album. This is the inside scoop of how Schmaltz actually came to be. Um, <laughs> kind of just threw it all together. Yeah, I just pulled it, we pulled it out. Uh, I'm still th- winging it. Yeah. yeah. No, we're just, just stealing from everybody. That's, that's our move. That's music, though. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we didn't actually do that. Oh my gosh, that'd be great. That would be super sick. Though. That's all we did. It's uh, like, well, as a creative writing person, um, did you ever do the the exercise where you had to take uh, like a Hemingway story and then replace every single word, like with like the same like article or whatever? But you had to basically rewrite write your own thing using the same structures that that. No, I didn't did. have to do that, but I had to do like the write a. Write an epilogue to Frankenstein, oh. trying to capture the essence of how the book was written, stuff okay. like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there was always exercise in stealing, right? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, it's a whole thing. Yeah, but if, if that's the case, then we're just stealing like Bruce Springsteen songs the best we can. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm fine with that. Did you use like some of the like screenwriting experience or just creative writing experience to just like bring out like how you were putting the like lyrics together or what? How was that no, question out? I, it's almost quite the opposite. Okay. So like when I'm screenwriting and creative writing and that, unless it's like a journal, like an essay or something, it's a lot of, you know, storytelling and characters and screenwriting um, is highly formulaic and certain things need to happen at certain times. Yeah. Um, and movies typically follow one of like two or three patterns and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's every popular movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless they're like a bunch of twists at the end. But even the twists are set up early on. Like it's all, all movies are a set of a payoff. Fuck. Yeah. It's <laughs> so like a movie, it's like somebody's living their life. Something upends that life around minute 10, minute 12. Uh-huh. The person kind of struggles with that. And then like they decide they're going to do something about it around minute 20 to 30. And then they spend most of the second act like struggling against it. And then mm-hmm. there's like a midpoint where everything changes. Yeah. And then there's a low point like two thirds of the way through. Oh, and oh no, what are we going to do? Aww. And then they dig down deep. Yeah. And then they overcome and they've learned Aww. to bring harmony to their world by changing a little bit. Like that's mo- that's that's every. That's a Marvel movie. I, oh man, that, that, was, that was so great. 
Yeah, it's like I just watched a movie. That was yeah, Wedding Crashers. Crashers. <laughs> wedding Crashers. Anything. Uh, you saved twenty five dollars. Yeah, there you go. That was I was literally thinking of twenty year old or forty year old virgin when you were forty year old virgin going through it all. <laughs> think about it. You're yeah. gonna think yeah. about every movie now. Think yeah. about every movie. It really ruins movies for you when you stay straight. <laughs> uh, I remember I was in a screenwriting class and uh, <laughs> I talked to my teacher and we were talking about Shutter Island. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I thinking about going to see it he's like yeah he's like i feel like there's gonna be a twist like uh i don't know dicaprio's crazy the whole time it's all in his head i was like whoa and then i watched i was like how did you know that he's like because what else was it gonna be if you like this this and i was like oh no movies are ruined yeah and yep. that happened yeah um but i mean i didn't see it coming but then <laughs> You don't have the the secret tools of the screenwriter. Now I do. All this, all this stuff that's able to be taught. What's the point of going to movies anymore? <laughs> we'll just give up, right? Um, so no. So the opposite is like when I'm when I'm writing songs, it's like it's never dawned on me to write songs about other people. Yeah, it's pretty much always from my perspective or you know my thoughts. Even though even if I detach myself from them, it's still largely me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not like these are the characters of the album and they're living this story because to me music has always been personal yeah. and it's supposed to be I don't know I feel not cheated because I listen to a lot of artists who write songs about other people but coming from the punk scene especially I feel like like you know your, our best lyricist is like this is my heart on my sleeve mm-hmm. this is me it's something about like being authentic I guess yeah. Um, it's which that is, earnestness that shines through. Yeah, which you can be earnest when you're singing songs about other people. Yeah. I slowly started to learn, but for a long time I didn't. So yeah, our songs are kind of the opposite of of regular storytelling. So um, yeah, I'm not really cracking into the tools of the creative writing world. No. It's more maybe some of the editorial skills of like you know how to make things sound better. Yeah, I'm, I mean, even as like I write music as well, I feel. Um, there's still an element of finding how to pace words, pace parts of a song, yeah. find where all those things plug in. Um, so while y'all are touring, because you guys have been on the road a lot, uh, a bit. Uh, are you guys writing at the same time, or are you just using the time on the road to just be on the road? We're at the stage of being on the road where we don't have a lot of time other than being exhausted getting up and driving somewhere. And like in the drive, in the time it takes us to drive somewhere, like we'll either have to do our work from home because we freelance a lot of stuff, or I'll update spreadsheets or send emails for the tour. Um, but we haven't gotten a lot of writing done in the van because it's just too cramped yeah. to write. And we we're not at the place where like we get to a place early and have an hour to sound check. So let's write some songs while we're sound checking. Um, that's not typically how we work either. Mm-hmm. Usually, I won't write for like six months and then. I'll just have a flurry of stuff and we'll kick it out and be like, all right, let's write some songs. So I think after this tour, we're going to get home. We're going to rent our first practice space that we've ever had. Oh. Um, and set up our stuff in there and just write an album. Uh, I think it's time. I think I'm ready. A lot of it's figuring out what we want to do. Yeah. Um, Cause we don't, we're not a prolific band. We, we won't write like 30 songs and choose 10. Like we'll yeah. write 12 songs and choose 10. So we're trying to break a little bit beyond that and maybe write 15 songs in Choose 10. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. But usually... Yeah, yeah, but usually, like, I have a finite set of lyrics 
over a particular topic that is that will be the thematic thrust of the album mm-hmm. and then once those lyrics are exhausted it's like i don't want to sing about that stuff anymore yeah um so also, like, i've never understood writing 30 songs and then just picking a couple i think there's some beauty to it it's kind of like uh it's the hemingway principle right like the first draft of anything you do is going to be just a giant turd mm-hmm. so like the more turds you can polish like or that you have to choose from to polish mm-hmm. like you're more likely to strike gold i guess that's exactly mm-hmm. what he said too yeah it's, it's <laughs> verbatim it's verbatim i cited verbatim that i cited that in an essay in college yeah i don't know it's every but every like great artist has some bs about like Oh, well, the first thing you do, like, it's all about rewriting. Writing uh, is rewriting, and yeah. this is that, and this, and, you know, I feel like this all gets mashed up into, like, some, like, how to be an artist yeah. thing that's sold at a Barnes & Noble. Like, here's how you do it. <laughs> write it. Write a lot. Write often. Rewrite even more. And then, like, uh, 10,000 hours. you got to put in your 10,000, like, all, right. all that crap. Um, so maybe there's some truth to it. I would like to... By the way, I did not just need to call Malcolm Gladwell's <laughs> entire thing crap. Yeah, I, I truly, say. truly trust him. He's like one of my, also a great podcast host. Yeah. It's just the theme of this is podcasts. Um, I but mean, it is national the way that it gets day. The way that it gets shrunk down into like pop culture, yeah. like pop culture knowledge. Yeah. Like, well, if you do this, it's that easy. Um, which is not, like the process is different for everybody, so... This is what has worked for us. I would like to be able to write 30 songs and choose the 10 best. But also, if I've, like for me, if I wrote 30 songs and we only use 10, then I've wasted the words on 20 other songs. Yeah. Which to me is heartbreaking. Yeah. Because that's 20 songs worth of work that probably won't ever go anywhere because we don't revisit songs very often. Like once they're done, they're done. So you wouldn't just use those words in another. I Context? have in the past. Sorry, we pull my, pull my jeans out. Yeah, you guys have to throw something. So I have before, but it's a lot of like smashing it together, and also like the amount that we all work, we don't have a lot of time to write thirty songs. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't have time. I don't have the creative energy to write thirty songs worth of lyrics. No. So. It also seems like incredibly, incredibly inequitable. <laughs> Yeah, right? it's not the efficient way of working. No. Like, you know. Like, I like to, like, when I get a few ideas about, like, what I want to write about, yeah. I want to, like, obsess over those few things. Yeah. And get, like, I'll put together, like, a bunch of ideas and, like, have, like, basically, here's a song. Eh, yeah. And then just put a bunch of ideas on it and do that for each one yeah. of them and then just fine-tune it as much as I can. Oh, yeah. And then take it to the music or have the music or whatever. Yeah. And then tune it from there. Yeah. And just see what actually fits. Yeah. Because, like, sometimes we'll be working on a song and then I'll realize, oh, the original cadence that I wanted for this doesn't make sense. I'm going to drop some of these words. And and it actually shows that, like, what I needed to say was something more simple. Yeah, yeah. It didn't need to be all ridiculous. Yeah. I think I'm also incredibly lazy. So, <laughs> it's true, like... I don't know, we got a lot of love on this last album for like, oh, songs interconnected with each yeah, other. It was yeah, so yeah. planned out. And it was like, no, I just, the line was originally in that song and I didn't like it there. So I like, I didn't want to write more words. So I just moved it to this song and it worked thematically. So it like stayed. And so it, it adds up to be something greater than it is. But a lot of it's just like, I don't like having to rewrite lyrics. Yeah. Like it's, 
I don't want to do it. And again, that reminds me of being an English major and being like, well, what did he mean by all of this? And yeah. deep down, it's probably just like, I didn't fucking care. I'm yeah. just actually good at this. Yeah. I don't need to think about what it. This is what I'm doing. And also, even more importantly as an English major, is how to recycle essays from one class into another. Hell right? yeah. Plagiarizing yourself. Is sick. It's the best. I mean, I have a master's degree, and that's basically what I did. I mean, don't tell that to the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Uh, masters, of education, masters of Education program. Don't worry about it. We're fine. <laughs> I actually got in trouble for one class because I did that, and I changed a little bit of it. They're like, you wrote this for another class. And I was like, yeah, but the principles still apply. Yeah. Like, it still fits. I changed the thesis to fit. Uh-huh. And they were going to... They I had to redo it or else they were going to actually charged me with plagiarism you can plagiarize yourself yeah i mean nickelback got in trouble for that for plagiarizing themselves wait how because they they for a song that they had written on their first record label um curb records or something like Uh that basically when they came over to their like major label i think it was their album after silver setup they did a song that basically ripped off one of the songs on their earlier albums, and that original label was like, no, fuck you, we have the rights to these songs, oh, and you no. just plagiarized yourself. That's a bad contract. Yeah, that's uh, a little dangerous right there. Oh, now they're like the biggest, one of the biggest bands in oh, the country. So. Would, would love to be Nickelback. Would lo- would they make amazing Metallica covers, apparently. I That has been going the rounds again. I don't know. I hate Nickelback songs. <laughs> I, I think that they've written some of the dumbest music. It's it's rough. Look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. Yeah. Like, it's just it, it's so bad. It's like country music for people who want to be, like, rockers. Or rock people who want to... Do you think they're wanna- happy? I don't know. I think once Avril Lavigne left Chad Kroger, he probably got a little more sad. Do you think? Do you think Nickelback's happy? Um, I think they're happy with all the money they have. That's what I mean. Do you think that's made them happy? Does money make us happy, though? <laughs> um, Are you happy with all the money you have? I want money. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm happy. I'm happy doing this. This is great. We're poor. But, but do you think Nickelback like takes the stage and is like, "Fuck yeah, we're playing photographs." <laughs> I don't think Do you so. think Fuck Chad yeah. fucking struts out on the how stage? How you remind like, me? Look at this photograph. This is how you for the last like that came out on years. September 11th. Oh, that shit. album came out on September 11th. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Silver Side Up. Wow. Did day. Nickelback cause 9/11? I've been asking it for 17 years. That's the also the title of this Jet podcast. Fuel can't melt steel beams, <laughs> but Silver Side Up can. And the album has silver melting on it. Is silver steel oh. beams? I oh, don't know. We just you were we're about to get killed. <laughs> it's an inside this podcast has, NSA has found us. Too many things in it that can get us in trouble. We might as well stop. I think I don't think you're. I don't think this is gonna get better than us trying to rationalize Nickelback causing 9 <laughs> It's just not. It's just not. Am I saying that Nickelback caused 9 11? No. But if Am I saying it's a possibility? Maybe. Keep your mind open. If people search, did 9 11 happen because of Nickelback? I don't know. We Maybe we added that to the SEO of this podcast. I, I don't know. I hope so. If someone searches for it, they find this podcast and they listen through the Cheesecake Factory portion <laughs> and they get all the way here and we haven't already gotten in trouble from the Doughboys. Doughboys. Uh, sure. Maybe, maybe there's something there. 
Oh, I hope so. I hope that... Chad Kroger was an inside job. (laughs) And was he happy? Is he happy? Is he? He's not now. Are any of us happy? (laughs) I feel pretty good today. We had some Cheesecake Factory. We had some Red Robin. We've hung out. We're going to play some games. Mm -hmm. We are going to play some games. Let's go play some games. Let's do that. How can people hear your music? SpanishLoveSongs.com is a great place to start. Nobody ever thinks to start there. Um, I swear, it's very obnoxious. I mean, we can't find you. I mean, like, did I you go to our website? Boom. I don't know. I don't who know. Has one anymore. Um, find us on Spotify. Go to the artists. Oh. When you search Spanish love songs, not the songs. <laughs> I did that. A lot of people have done that. Uh, we're on YouTube. Type in Spanish love songs band. <laughs> one extra word, not hard. Um, I actually think if you Google Spanish love songs now, we do pop up. Oh, we do. Like, we have You're reached that level of success. Um, Hell yeah. Well, so we're on Apple Music. I don't use Apple Music, so I couldn't tell you to get there. Um, Probably search the same thing. Yeah, you can buy us on... You, you can buy us off the internet. You can buy our vinyl from afrecords.limitedrun.com or something like that. Hell yeah. You can buy our CD off of our web store directly from us. People still use them. You can email me... Spanish love songs music at gmail.com and I'll send you a goddamn download code. Hell yeah. I don't care. Just quit telling me you don't know how to find our band. That's my rant for the day. <laughs> we, we ended this podcast with multiple rants. <laughs> this went from like such a chill conversation about like college baseball and critiquing amateurism in, in college sports to. Chad Kroger, did he cause 9-11? And fucking learn how to use an internet search. God damn. I'm, I'm half kidding. I'm half kidding. Um, you can find us on all those things. I don't care if you don't know how to find us. Yeah. Just go to the gig. Get to the fucking gig. Listen, I We've covered on, this, too. This is a terrible example because of the current state of affairs and the man being... No, you know what? You know... We came in the era of the internet where, like, if you wanted to find brand new on the internet, mm-hmm. it was impossible to find. Oh, yeah. Bad example. Mm-hmm. It's a good example of the thing. Yeah. Bad band. Because they had one of those names that was hard to search for. But uh, apparently we get a lot of shit for not having thought that out. It's fine. You, you probably don't know this, but do you want to know the moniker I've been using for the last nine years? Get it. Another musician. So, same fucking thing. Wait, what musician? Another musician is what oh, I've been using. that's your name. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were like, I've, isn't, been, I've been going by Lionel Richie. No, isn't that, bu- <laughs> like, it's the same fucking thing. Yeah. Another musician. Yeah. I'm fin- I finally dropped it. Now I'm actually going to have a band now. Yeah. And hopefully we'll have a better search engine optimi- so, optimization. <laughs> if, I can, if we can give you some advice, <laughs> do that. Have a real name. Buy the domain early. Buy the domain, but make it something that is the only thing that'll pop up on the internet and then i think jimmy world gave some great advice lately yep. which was make sure that when you put the letters on a flag you'll be okay with the name so that's like acronyms matter too. acronyms matter as well yeah. which we are sls which is also street league skateboarding so hey hopefully we don't get sued for that yeah but I street also... league skateboarding cause 9-11 there we go that's that's it thanks dylan Bye. <laughs>
<laughs> okay, we did it. We got through that episode. It was wild. We definitely ended on a massive tangent, but that's what's fantastic. We ended up chatting about that a bit more uh, as we kept thinking about more conspiracy theories, but thank goodness we stopped where we were. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Dylan and the guys of the the band who jumped in every, every now and again. And uh, we hope you enjoyed us eating some cheesecake because holy crap, we felt real full after recording this and then we played a bunch of board games. So <laughs> we had some fun. If you couldn't tell, we had a lot of fun that night. And we hope you enjoyed the conversation. We hope you had fun with this. I hope you enjoy the Spanish love songs music. You're gonna leave, we're gonna leave you with another song from Spanish love songs uh, to finish this episode. And before that, I want to remind you to go check out Half Access, halfaccess.org. Find them on social media. Support Cassie. Support the great work that they're doing to make music venues more accessible. And it really does take a community and a crew of people doing good work to make sure that we get that stuff done. Okay, I think that's all I had to say. If this is your first time listening, please subscribe, rate, review, find us on social media. It'd be really helpful. It'd be really cool. Um, we're going to have some pretty cool conversations this month. Uh, yeah, I'm really thankful for the guys in Spanish Love Songs for hanging out with us and being incredible house guests and being incredible performers and putting on incredible uh, gigs and making a bunch of Boston bros feel their feelings. Really loved all that. <laughs> uh, but until next time, uh, let's get to work. possibly wash this off. Can't even go down to the river. Stick my fucking head in it. I'll die just how I live. Stealing from someone I found great Showing up a year too late Now the water's gone Now the love is gone Now the future's gone And I'll just lay here But it's never gonna come No, it's never gonna come Cause I don't think I can fix this if 